You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Fascinating and draws you in um, the amount of detail that you have in uh, these parshios, especially, I think, when you talk about intent to kill and bad intent, obviously, all around, maybe even on Yosef's part, um, a sense of how he erred uh, in many ways and the way he dealt with his brothers. So and when we're taken back to that bore and the idea, you know, throwing your own, your brother, you know, into this pit and, um, you know, with the, you know, treating him like, you know, as dispose something disposable that could die. Uh, it's, I guess that, that moment really could be the nadir of, of, of interpersonal behavior, uh, you know, for us. And, and yet it's described very, very distinctly um, and with a lot of characterization of, of the people involved. And I think it, it sort of like gets you thinking about a whole range of negative things that we all do and um, the negative things that, that are, that, that pepper our lives, the negative relationships that we have and, and things like that. And yet uh, we know that this story is a very, is very much a redemptive story, right? It's a story of how we ended up getting to Mitzrayim, but also how we ended up leaving Mitzrayim. So, you know, the, the, the story is, yes, this is a, a crucial block of how we came to Mitzrayim. And it happened through what we thought was just, you know, this struggle between brothers. But we know that, of course, you know, God was behind this. And I think, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe reaching here, but I think that when, when, when Yosef uh, reveals himself to his brothers, the, the, there's actually a real, according to Chazal, a real revelation. He, you know, he, Rashi quotes it. You know what I'm talking about. He says, Come close. I want to show you something. And according to Chazal, he, he, he shows them his brismila. Right. Which, which again, you know, you think about it, that's weird, right? Now, you could say, well, you see, I have a bris. And that shows you that I'm one of you. I am who I said I am. Because it was only the Jews that, as we learned in last week's parsha, they were the ones who had this unique thing of, of cutting the foreskin off. Um, but another way to look at it is that human beings are God's agents in this world. And sometimes we operate without realizing what we're doing. Because we think we're evil and we think we've done the bad thing. We think we're, we're, we, we have submitted to the worst parts of our nature, but really these were God's plan of bringing a better world. And that's, of course, what happened with Yitzhak Mitzrayim. In other words, the fact that there was a lot of bad stuff and hard feelings and that brought us into Mitzrayim, but it was all very positive in terms for the greater humanity. In other words, not only did Yitzhak Mitzrayim result in a, uh, a complete uh, declaration of God running the planet and controlling the forces of nature and being able to overcome them and, 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 and uh, reveal himself through miracles, it also brought 
a, a nation into the center of the stage of the world, that's us, and led to us receiving the Torah and changing the world in so many ways, changing ourselves and changing the world and making the world. So this was all part of God's plan that had to happen. And I think that maybe there's something, a message there for Hanukkah as well, because part of, um, you know, you think about it, um, and especially if you read the history, I, I talked yesterday, if you remember in the Shira, we spoke about Mordechai Eliyu saying to read Sefer Maccabim and Sefer Hashmanoyim. Well, one of the things you get when you read those books is, boy, there are a lot of Jews that weren't following the Torah, right? There's a lot of Jews that were really, you know, anti-religion uh, or had adopted this other religion. And in many ways, you could say, you know, we were to blame for that. And we, we deserved uh you know, the, the the low state that we were at. I mean, we were able to, to overcome, but as we know, as I mentioned yesterday or two days ago, the battle was sort of won, but there was always still struggling. It wasn't this glorious victory. So I think in many ways, near Hanukkah, um, we need the Yosef story to let us know that God is working within us. God, you know, that, that little Hanukkah light is sort of like the light of of, of what allows us to continue, that God is still working through us. We're still really those agents, even where in our minds we were evil, uh, we were petty, uh, we submitted to our desires. And I think part of, you know, when, when you go to that moment of the pit, I don't know if that's the worst moment, but it's it's clearly one of the ugliest ones, right? <laughs> when you think about, you know, it's one thing, oh, we don't like you. Oh, we're fighting with you. It's another thing when we actually manhandle you and we throw you into a pit where you're, well, maybe you'll die. And if you don't die, we're going to sell you. That pit really represents what, what could be the ugliest aspect of our early history, right? And yet we're saying, you know what? That somehow aligns with what, what Hanukkah is about. Hanukkah is also really about you know, uh, you know, because you think about it, one could say, "All right, miracle, miracle." Okay, it didn't, it, it didn't really change much, did it? Okay, so we had the menorah. We remember we mentioned last week the base Halevi said they could have, uh, you know, they could have uh, split the the wicks in a way that they could have probably gotten the same amount of oil working. Right, that's what the base Halevi said. Uh, I'm not sure, if, you know, 100% of that's true, but you know, I'll, I'll go with him. And one could say, "All right, so what was really gained?" Okay, so you know they had Malchus, but look how look how bad it was. Look, look, they were always fighting with each other, and and then there was this group against that group, and then eventually, you know, eventually they weren't keeping mitzvahs anyway over there. Like we talked about the rise of the uh, the tzedukim, and we talked about that last week. So one could really you know poo poo a lot thing a lot of things about Hanukkah, and I think going back to the story of Yosef helps us not to do that. It allows us to, first of all, you know, you know, see even uh, uh, the negatives in, in, in a positive way. Anyway, that's just a little bit of a speculation. I don't know. How, how does that, does that sound uh, too far yeah. afield? No, I think it's, it's a very good. Hashem's running the world and we get to choose whether we're going to be part of the solution of the problem. And he, he utilizes us to get to those places. But at the same time, um, had they not cho- chosen to do the wrong thing, we still would have ended up in Egypt. It would have been a different way, maybe, but we're going to get there one way or another. So, right, but but that that's part of what 
what I think the brothers understand when Yosef shows them he has a bris milah, he's saying, you know, we're not really in charge here. In other exactly. words, this sign on our body means that God's working through us. The same way, you know, as the Tzemachetic says, the sign on our body means that this soul that's going to be born isn't just a love child, but is actually a soul from God that, that's necessary to be in this world. Everything we do is really a, a, a symbol of that. Exactly, and how eight is represents, Brismila represents the eight days of Hanukkah. And... Right, right. In other words, it's a sign that we're changing the world. We're God's agents here. Yeah, but we were, right? but we don't seem to be. We are. I don't. I don't really feel God so much. Uh, you're not feeling him, but you're you're working for him. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure if he exists. So that's in your brain. <laughs> in your brain, you don't feel he exists. But the truth is, is that you're doing God's will. Right. I don't. Know. So I think that's part of what 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 he was trying to show them, and he was trying to tell them. You know, you thought that you were just an angry, uh, immature person. Even that anger that you showed was really sort of an agency of God. Because if you wouldn't have been angry, we would have made up, right? And then we would have stayed and we wouldn't have gone to Mitzrayim, right? <laughs> if, if you wouldn't have been angry, if you wouldn't be, if you wouldn't have been so spiteful, if you wouldn't have been so jealous, if you wouldn't have wanted to kill me, then, you know, we would have made up and then there never would have been a movement to Mitzrayim, which was essential for the history of the world. The The world needed us in Mitzrayim. Or if you could have been kidnapped by someone and sold into Egypt that way, and not his brothers. It depends on, you know, in theory. Right. True, but it, accomplish it. Right. But, 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 but now that it was accomplished this way. Right. He's trying to give him like a, almost a Nahama that, you know, hey, it's not you. <laughs> yeah, which like is one. what he says. He says, right. it says, he says, God sent me, and, you, and, and it wasn't you. And that's something which is scary because on one hand, you're saying, I don't own myself. In other words, my my feelings aren't really my feelings. Well, yes and no, and that's part of what I think is is is, is an important message for Hanukkah, as well. I mean, it's an important message all the time. But maybe putting these two statements here lets us see. I mean, uh, let's call a spade a spade. For most of our history, of our literary history, for sure, we have been reading this parsha during Hanukkah, right? So we've been lighting the menorah, and then we've been learning this parshas, right? So we've been learning the Yosef story, and we have been celebrating Hanukkah at the same time. Well, it, it, one has to bleed into the other, right? Uh, so it turned out that way, that the, these stories are connected in people's minds. Like every darshan in the last couple hundred years is saying, okay, it's Shabbos Hanukkah, it's parshas Vayeshev, or it's parshas uh, Miketz. And what do I need to somehow connect these two? And I think it has been connected on many, many levels. So this is just another, you know, I'm trying to look at the meta story. If the Yosef, you know, what is the Yosef story really, you know, about? And if, if, if and it could be, that's part of what our Gemara is suggesting. And it allows us, I think, uh, you know, it allows us at least uh, an entrance way to try to to, to put some, meat on the bones because Hanukkah as we remember if you remember if we we talked last night it doesn't really have a Megillah you could go to the apocryphal sources it's important to put meat on the bones I would I would even go further Sheila and say that Vayeshev 
and Miketz became the Megillah of Hanukkah. In other words, right? It's almost like there's no Sefer Chashmanoyim to read. Right. But, so, so what are we reading about? Well, let's read about the Avonim, and but there's really no definitive text. So, it is the what's the definitive text that people are studying and reading and going to show about? Mm-hmm. Well, so you could say, well, they're hearing Parshas uh, Baloska, right? They're, I'm sorry, Parshas Nasa uh, about the Nasiyim. But you know what that is? That's that's the same exact phrases right. over and over again, right? Every Nasi brings the same thing. So in terms of a, a narrative story, the story that we end up learning is the story of Yosef. And, yeah. that, and, and that permeates the eight days of Hanukkah. So whether I'm right or not, that, that you know, I, I'm just saying. It also, so all the infighting um, reflects also many things of what was going on at the time of Hanukkah. Exactly. It's, right. it, it's, a, it's just a, such a lesson. It's like, you know, if we can learn from these lessons and not repeat the mistakes, just repeat the part, the good parts, <laughs> that would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, clearly, the, the rift between the Misyavnim and, let's say, the Torah true Jews, um, and maybe in many ways can be, you know, connected back to whatever Yosef and his brothers were fighting about. Um, you know, there are, of course, a lot of explanations that are given to explain. You know, the Sforno very famously writes that they considered Yosef a rodef, right? That Yosef was considered a was a was a was was a threat to them physically, and because of that, they had a right to deal with him in that way. Um, and that was sort of like a righteous uh, a righteous excuse for acting in the way they did. And maybe there was some truth to it. I mean, can we go back to the period of the Misyavnim and say not everybody was, uh, you know, paint everybody in that in that black and white uh, way? Maybe some of the Misyavnim had some positive things. Maybe in terms of adapting and uh, like like we have issues today about modern orthodoxy about not. Right. Being... I don't think it's so black and white because it, it's very confusing when you're living through it. You may not know that it's you're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> That's right, and maybe some of the Misyavnim thought, "Hey, you know, we are trying to get with the program. Yeah. Uh, we we don't run the country really. The Greeks, the Syrians, they really are the controllers. It, it, it's good to show patriotism, um, and maybe how crucial is every little um, detail of the way we look." You know, maybe getting with the Hellenistic program a little bit is similar to people who will tell you, put out the American flag uh, on July 4th and show, you know, you, you could hear people saying, this is a Medina of Chesed now, right? Of course, it's our country, but they're being nice to us. So we should, uh, so that, again, one could compare that to the justifications that the brothers had for treating Yosef the way they did. It sounds good on paper. So you're right. That's another, I think, a good parallel. So again, it definitely. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.